Hey everyone, this is Zach Roberts with Easy One Comics and More Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about the show Mandalorian Season 2. Also going to be talking about a lot of Star Wars stuff. Today, I am joined by Taylor Davis, my good friend. Taylor, tell everybody what's up. Hey guys, uh, Taylor Davis, otherwise known as Taylor Vlog. Uh, <laughs> I typically do stuff like um, Pokemon card openings on uh, YouTube. I've always been a huge comic book nerd, or just nerd in general. You know, it's always dictated my life. Uh, I was glad I met Zach. <laughs> we actually met, I think, through Hero Clicks, which is just one of the nerdiest games of all time. It is actually, <laughs> it is. I've 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 been playing that game since two thousand. Okay, and I was born <laughs> in ninety three, so you know that is definitely telling you something. I still play that game, and that's oh, so- how we met. <laughs> Yeah, man, I just want to uh, say thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, I've yeah. been waiting to talk about The Mandalorian for a while. Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully, I don't think we're going to be giving out any spoilers or anything. This show, this season two, has time to set, and we have time to uh, to really get into it and talk yeah. about it. It's been so fun to watch. Uh, oh, like man. Disney Plus is always... Uh, well, look, well, they got the great content out right now yeah. with uh, WandaVision, the Marvel Studios, you know, and, and everything that's coming out. And then now we have this other franchise of Star Wars uh, with yep. Mandalorian. And I mean, season one was good. And, and we, we kind of knew, expected that some things were coming. And now we're in season two. And oh, boy, oh, boy, <laughs> did we not see some things. And I think season two. And what this whole entire Mandalorian experience is for fans is that we are getting into some great content. We're getting what we want as fans in Star Wars. Yeah. You know, the last three movies are totally debatable if if anybody really enjoyed them. I mean, there's people who say yay for them. People say no way. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on the fence half the time. Me I too. I don't really yeah. like them as much. But this right here is is gold. This is a gold mine. Oh, man. And they are just, they are mining it out, and they are putting it out there for the fans, and I'm so excited to talk about it for sure. I want to talk about Mandalorian Season 2 and kind of recap the episodes, you know, 1 through 8. And, of course, there are some big moments that happen through uh, Episodes 1 through 8. And yeah. there's some other storylines that are actually happening or or that have already happened, I should say, in some other things like the uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars series, uh, going yes. on into the uh, Star Wars Rebels series. And this makes me excited because if you're a fan, you want to dig it up, okay? Yeah. You want to dig it up. You want to know what's going on. You want to know, for me, I don't know about you, I want to know as much as I can about Mandalore and the Mandalore. Well, I mean... That's the that's the best part about uh, <clears throat> this series, um, and I, I I noticed it the moment that it happened was we didn't see just one depiction of Mandalorian, but we've seen three, and obviously whenever it gets to those episodes, we'll talk about it. But you know, it was interesting seeing how like there's actually different subsections of Mandalorians a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. There's not, there's, it's not just Boba Fett out there. No. Okay? There was not just Boba Fett. Now you're seeing that there was a, you know, uh, there's an entirely different uh, culture of Mandalorians out there. Yes. Different customs. And you're introduced with this main Mandalorian. We call him Mando. 
you know, the guy yep. played by uh, Pedro Pascal. And this guy, he is absolutely one of the legit Mandalorians. And you're trying to figure out, you know, more of his exact kind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, no, I think this was, uh, well, I'm not going to say who it is yet until we get to that episode because I do have a lot to say about said character. But, like, whenever uh, they certain said person looks at him and is like, you're not a real Mandalorian. Like, real Mandalorians don't, don't go by that way. And I was like, what? I was like, this is really happening. This is insane. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about the stuff. Let's just go ahead and get into it. So, let's, let's start off with uh, episode nine here, the, the Marshall, okay? Yeah. And, and first off, you gotta, we got to acknowledge John Favreau. Yes. As being one of the best directors of all time for Literally comic book fans, Marvel. Star Wars, <laughs> Marvel. John Favreau is absolutely awesome. He's been so enjoyable. If you don't know who don't know who he is, oh my gosh, look him up, and you're gonna. You're, <laughs> if you don't know, look him up, and you'll be so surprised. If you don't know who John Favreau is, I'll just say this: he's the reason the MCU is what it is today. <laughs> yeah, and. Literally. Basically, him and Dave Filoni, the, the other visionary for Star Wars, those two right now, they, they really are doing great things. Yeah, yeah, but, fantastic directors. But episode nine here, the Marshal, Mando walks in to a town, and it's this desert town, and you got somebody that has the Mandalorian armor that looks like Boba Fett's armor. Yeah, and except washed this, up. There's this giant monster... Uh, it reminds you of the Sarlacc, but I guess it's a it's a mobile monster like the Sarlacc. They call it the Crate yeah. Dragon. It's giving this town trouble, and he basically, you know, barters with the guy. I think in that the guy wearing the Boba Fett armor, I think the character's name is Cobb Vance. That's the guy. Yep, that's right it. Here. He's wearing the Mandalorian armor, and he's basically yeah. saying, you know, I'll help you get to know more about the Mandalorians or, hey, you could have this Mandalorian armor that I have if you help us. And so they make a deal. And they got he has to take on this crate dragon. And that's such a cool episode because that dragon is so huge. Yeah, well, like, not only that, but, like, just size comparison, I'm pretty sure uh, Mando talked about how those things can eat Sorlax, which which is insane. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's and I looked up behind the scenes when I was watching the, you know, the gallery, the, the making of uh, season two, and they were working on this art concept of this creature, the the crate dragon, and they were trying to, you know, get the preciseness of you know the scale of how big they wanted it to be, <laughs> and they worked with the animation and everything of how this thing was going to move through the sand, come out of the cave. And technically, this thing's a monster. And like that's one thing they pointed out, that, you know, it was potentially big enough to eat a Sarlacc. And, in fact, one creepy thing I thought it was kind of cool that they didn't show, but behind the scenes they added, that this creature actually has legs. Like, Whoa, mini, what? Mini legs. Yeah, you didn't know that. But no. it has legs. And, and so it's kind of like digging and moving its way through the sand like, like it would in an ocean. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but they didn't want to really reveal that. They wanted to kind of keep it in the sand because it was one of those perspectives that the less you saw, the better it looked. So this episode, you see uh, Mando teams up with this other 
you know, basically this guy looks like a cowboy in a saloon <laughs> in a Boba Fett army. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks awesome. And they meet up and they group up and they also form a plan with the Tuscan Raiders. And, and the, the Tuscan Raiders get involved. And that was, I thought that was cool. I mean, the, the sand people. Uh, yeah. Because this, Cause like, this throughout, is really affecting everybody. Yeah, because like throughout all the Star Wars lore, the most that we knew about these guys is that they were bad people. And then that was it. You know, like we never seen any compromise with them. I think the most that we seen was, was it Anakin just straight up killing them? Or oh, yeah. they yeah. killed Luke's foster parents or something? Yeah, that's true. I mean. So I like the fact that we're bringing some of the old stuff. And this is Star Wars, okay? We know that the, you know, the Tusken Raiders exist and things like that. But yeah. these things that we may we maybe liked or, you know, they're not used in the stories that much. Or, you know, they were just had moments in the movies. And we're bringing these these creatures back, these these people back, and, and putting them in the show. And we're doing a whole episode with them. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed seeing that. I mean, expanding on not just characters alone, but like entire species in Star Wars is something that needs to be done a lot more often, which is why I'm glad that the Mandalorian exists, because we would have never and I mean never in a movie seen the Darksaber. No, never would have happened. No, no, we, we wouldn't have. But I like the ending of that episode. Boba. Fett's armor comes back into the possession of a Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. And, and that that's so cool. And you're thinking, what's, I mean, we know it's coming, okay? And that's the speculation. I think even at the end there, you see, you see the face. You see the face of the actor that played Jango Fett in yep. Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clone Wars. And I almost missed it. I actually, my <laughs> wife called it before I did. And she's like, you don't know who that is. I said, no, I don't think so. I didn't get a good look at him. So I had to rewind <laughs> it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's him. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah. I mean, he was, he was the face of every clone put out there. And technically, that's what Boba Fett looked like. And they took the same guy and they got him playing yeah. as Boba Fett. So, so such a good decision, too. Such a good decision. Yeah. I mean, that was just perfect. And, you know, he, you knew that he was going to get his armor back. And you were just like, man, they were really setting the, setting the stage yep. already <laughs> on the first episode. And that was a great job by John Favreau. He directed that episode. He wrote that episode. So, good job setting that yep. up. A great moment. Yeah. And then we got on to episode two. And this goes into what you're talking about with the creatures. Okay. Want to know a little bit more about these creatures? I mean, you know, Star Wars doesn't have some of the best creatures, I think, in in sci-fi. But yeah, that's true. They don't really have a, a lot of story building behind them, or maybe a lot of the intellect. I mean, some of them are kind of fun. A lot of people hated Jar Jar Binks, okay, in Episode <laughs> One. But, I mean, the more I think about it, kind of the more I like them. You know, I mean, he's a Sith Lord, so you I know. Mean, no, Sure, that's a whole other episode in itself. Right there. Uh, you, you and my wife are on the same page. Well, he's a Sith Lord. Yeah, maybe, maybe he is. Okay, that's hilarious. But we get into episode The Passenger, the next, yeah. the next episode in this season. And you got the frog lady. The frog lady and her eggs, they have to be transported. 
You know, his his uh, Mando's ship is totally trashed. Yep. And he has to get it fixed and repaired. And in order to get it repaired, he's got to make a bargain. You know, at at the uh, shipyard with the the main mechanic and says, "Well, I'll do this, but you've got to transport this frog lady." I don't know if that creature has a name or whatnot. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, really, we're doing this? I mean, he's got Baby Yoda at the time, still with him, and he's doing this stuff. And then you're throwing, okay, this is Star Wars. This is what they're doing. They're trying to just throw in another creature. Yeah, man, this is not going to be a good episode. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> what about you? I mean, okay, the thing the thing with filler episodes is that like I don't mind them as long as in some form they can contribute to the story, you know what I mean? With that episode, I mean the most I really liked was the monster in it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like the spider monster. But uh, I mean, well that and the uh the X-wing fighters that were just like, "Oh, it's cool." Yeah. Like I I like those two scenes mainly and then the rest is kind of whatever, you know? Yeah, so basically, you know, Mando on this journey, you know, to the transportation of this frog lady and her eggs, that the, actually the, the comic relief in that was pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. You know, you had a little baby Yoda trying to eat these eggs because he's starving. <laughs> I thought that was funny, you know? And that's basically doing that while the, the frog lady was asleep on the ship. He would eat the eggs. But they get confronted <laughs> by these X-Wing fighters. And they're like, oh, heck. I mean, that's cool. I mean, you got the X-Wing fighters showing up again. And this is Mando trying to scare him off and get, get away yep. from him. And he ends up crashing on this on this icy planet. And I watched some of the behind the scenes. They were like, okay, if we do an icy planet, everybody's going to think it's Hoth. And, right. And technically, they're Naturally. like, it's not Hoth. Okay? We're not on planet Hoth. So it kind of got interesting with that, where they sh- they break down onto this icy planet, and they got to get going. You know, they're, they're basically they're going to die if they stay there. And then of course the frog yeah. lady's going to lose all of her eggs, and you you kind of know find the significance of, of why she's so worried about the eggs later on in that episode. But while they're on that planet, they go to she goes off the frog lady goes off and explores, and she's sitting in this hot tub basically. You know, and, and the baby Yoda's following them and, and trying to get the <laughs> eggs, of course. And Mando's in all this crappy situation saying, I'm babysitting a frog lady, a kid, <laughs> and I'm a bounty hunter. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the rebels are you know, behind him. What's that all about? Yeah, no, I have no idea what's up with that because I like I just I just don't get it. Like it that part really didn't make much sense. I also don't know why there was a hot tub there randomly, but like, how did she know that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it- <laughs> I, I get it. So, I mean, he, he has to go out there and find her. And one thing that you saw was these new creatures, these new spider-like creatures, these monsters that was on this ice planet. And one thing I enjoyed when I watched the gallery behind the scenes of Mandalorian season two is some of the art design for those creatures came back from, from an original art design of creatures from episodes four or five or six. This was a creature oh, that was not used before. And they decided to go ahead and put them in there. So this was not actually a brand new thing. This was something that they had 
years ago, and they decided, well, right. listen, we're going to use this. And I think it worked out great, and that was a cool part. And listen, if you didn't notice who one of the X-Wing pilots was, I I, I think you should uh, check them out. Oh, shoot, I don't know the name of the actor. But if you've ever watched the show, Kim's Convenience. It's a, uh. it's a Korean-based comedy show, basically, that takes place in Canada, and he's the owner of a convenience store. And he appears as the X-Wing pilot. And I'm like, huh. it's Mr. Kim. It's Mr. Kim. <laughs> That's a pretty funny show. But I think, uh, I think, I mean, Star Wars has always been good with uh, just adding people in, so, like, you know, really subtle to be like, oh, that's, that's him, huh? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think they had, like, three comedians, like, stand-up comedians play as drones throughout, like, the entire whole, like, existence of Star Wars. Yeah, I think but, they might just be like, hey, you know, if you guys ever need a just a, a fill-in, anybody, you know, I'm your guy. Because <laughs> they love yeah. Star Wars so much. And then at the end of that episode, and this is the last bit I'll say, this was the most important thing about it. Frog Lady gets reunited with her other frog person and they are safely transporting the last of their kind and that's probably because of all the clone wars i mean all the war that went on that her race was basically being destroyed so i thought that was cool and you know you had a little bit of sentimental attachment to the frog lady but yeah yeah like i said basically you boiled it down to it's a filler episode kind of gets us going somewhere but it wasn't that bad well, you see, uh, there was something going on. Apparently, it was on Twitter, which I never get on there. But apparently, people were upset about um, Grogu trying to eat uh, the eggs. And, like, they got really offended over that. That was probably the funniest I, thing I, I saw on social media. Yeah. About, like, I mean, so, and, and basically, I think I heard or, or saw a tweet, a response to that comment. And they're like, so, you're going to get hypothetically offended about... A hypothetical <laughs> creature eating a hypothetical <laughs> egg from another hypothetical <laughs> creature. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, grow up. We're just trying to tell a story, you know? Not real, guys. I mean, just calm down. I mean, but that just really shows you that people have a lot of attachment to to baby Yoda, to, to baby Grogu. They have a lot of attachment. And really, the kid, the kid's not even... A kid, you know, we find out later. Yeah, yeah, he's 50. The next episode, chapter 11, the Harris. Listen, oh. I, I like this one. Oh, there's so many other episodes here I like, but I like this one. Okay. Is this the one with the bow in it? Oh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan shows God. up. Just owns the scene, man, whenever she shows up. You know, just her and her crew. I thought it was really interesting to see a whole team of – uh. Which, you know, we've seen it in the Clone Wars, but, like, just a whole team of female Mandalorians just, like, destroying stuff, you know? Yeah. And there's so much tension in between Mando and Bo-Katan and her partner, her other Mandalorian partner. I mean, there's just so much tension there. And she, yeah. she basically swarms in and, and saves them on this uh, freighter ship, and that was so cool. I looked on behind the scenes there, and and the director for that one is uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. This girl, I mean, she's hilarious, and she's so smart, and she is doing such a great direction on, on the scene. 
And she's played, if you didn't know this, this is a tidbit here. She has played on Jurassic World, I think the last two Jurassic World movies, okay? And another thing that I was like, are you are you sure? Are you serious? She was the appearance of Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3, directed by Sam Raimi. Whoa. Yeah. I, I'm like, are you serious? That's insane. I did not know that. Like, would have never thought that. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. This episode right here takes place at, basically, Mando gets on the ship at the shipyard where they just land, and he's ambushed by fishermen. That's what it is. Uh, they yeah. want to take his armor. He wants to take the armor, maybe the armor that he just got from uh, the Boba Fett armor, actually. And Bo-Katan and her crew just end up saving them, thankfully, and they it's a good thing they did because they really needed to. <laughs> and I think she ends up helping him and tells him that, you know, she's really got to uh, help him get Grogu to where he needs to be. You know, that, that's another another thing I noticed was that, like, literally, like, I think everybody, because they were all, like, everybody that was uh, introduced was kind of from the Clone Wars, or at least was in some form uh, associated with the prequels. So they all knew, like, how serious it was to get this possible Jedi to the right people. And so like, that's why I, that's one of the things I enjoyed is that everybody was so on board and focused on helping them get there. Absolutely. And Bo-Katan, I mean, she's such a great character and she really started in the Clone Wars. Yeah. If you didn't know that, I mean, she come and she made an appearance in the Clone Wars and this might blow your mind. I don't know if you know this. I was so excited when I found this out. The actress that plays Bo-Katan is the same actress that voiced Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars. (laughs) Crazy, ain't it, dude? Like, looks exactly like her, too. Like, it's insane. It was absolutely awesome. (laughs) And, that I mean, that was so cool. And uh, I also watched a bit about behind the scenes where Bo-Katan, you know, the actress there, she is talking with Dave Filoni and Dave's like, listen, you know, I think you're doing really good voicing uh, Bo-Katan and listen, you never know. Maybe years down the road, you might be playing her in real life. <laughs> I mean, the animated style, the art and everything looks just like her. And then once I found that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. this is just <laughs> absolutely magical. That oh, they are pulling this stuff off. She's perfect. She's perfect for the role. No yeah. wonder. Yeah, she's uh, she basically has you know that Iron Man, that Captain America factor about her in that role. You know, like you can't picture anybody else. That's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's she's done it. I mean, for sure. Let's see. I I gotta get there. Catherine Ka- Ann Sackoff. That's her name. Yeah, yeah. Actress. That's her man. You gotta give her credit. She's done awesome as that. A lot of commitment from the Clone Wars. Uh, series and now coming to the live role of her original character that's awesome that really is yeah yeah but the end of that episode they do a name drop it's the big one of the biggest name drops oh yeah says, listen listen you got to get the baby to to the jedi okay (laughs) and listen if and this is this is one of those things that still connects back to the clone wars if you get if you get the baby grogu and you know they didn't know at the time. 
if you get them to the Jedi, you need to go to this place and look for Ahsoka Tano. Yep. Yeah, whenever dude, whenever everybody heard that name, they were like, "Oh my god, this is yeah, this is for real." I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna get," <laughs> you know, we're already alluding up to the fact that Boba Fett is coming back. Now yeah. you're name dropping Ahsoka Tano, <laughs> one of the most important characters in the Clone Wars. You know what I'm, and oh. in Rebels, yeah. like she's always been important throughout, like the prequels, like the little filler. You know what I mean? Like in between the trilogies. Absolutely important and a great character. So they name drop Ahsoka Tano and they tell her to go, tell him to go to the planet of Corvus. And then the next episode, before they go to the planet Corvus, they have to keep getting this daggone ship repaired. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Mandalorian ship, Mando's ship, the Razor Crest. And so this guy, he's he's got this great armor, you know, all this Beskar armor. But his ship is a piece of junk. And he keeps <laughs> it's been through so much after firefight, so he has to get this thing repaired. And so he has to stop, and he runs into uh, the great Clara Dune and and Grief Karga, which was you know I think what the guy that was basically helping out with the bounties with the guild, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the guy played uh, Carl Weathers, you know, as Grief Karga, and so he's got to get the ship repaired. And the cool thing about this episode. I love it. I love it. There's so much Star Wars chasing, a lot of action, a lot of infiltration. It makes you feel like, oh, man, this is such a classic Star Wars. Exactly. They have this great feel of action, and it's just coming back to life, and it's different. It's just a new story, and it's like more and more and more, and it's just a great feeling. Well, you know, I think this is the perfect spot to be filled whenever it comes to Star Wars because – You know, through the movies and stuff, we always had this like heavy motion, you know, driven story. And obviously we are connected to these characters. But at the same time, they're giving us a lot of action scenes, entertainment, like just fun times. And we don't really get that throughout like, you know, the actual movies themselves. Yeah. And and this episode is absolutely nothing but action packed. And believe it or not, Carl Weathers, you know, the guy that plays Grief Cargo. This guy directs that. He directs that episode. Well, I did not know that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking you have such a wonderful team of cast members that have had so much uh, fun over the years and have so much experience that they are helping and taking on lead roles, not only in you know actors, but now are becoming directors. And they are really putting it in for Star Wars. Amazing. Like, amazing crew he, he is pulled together exactly so carl weathers is grief carga and they have to go raid a imperial base and you got mando and you got cara dune and here they're going and they have one lackey one lackey that's basically like listen if you don't do this you're dead anyway like you're in prison <laughs> i thought that that little creature i don't know his name i don't i don't know what kind of species but he was hilarious and yeah he was he, he had to go with him so you see great action. You got speeder bikes. You got all this like this tank looking thing that you know they're driving through the valley and everything like that. It's just great action back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we also get a little bit of information about uh, Doctor Pershing, who has been conducting experiments on the child's blood, and he you know finds out he's got a high 
midichlorian count, which we yeah. know midichlorians are basically the essence or the high essence of, of the force. You know, that's that's how we knew about Anakin from episode one with uh, right. Kylo Jen. You know, he gave a little prick and they got a blood sample and he did an analysis on it. And the kid was like full of midichlorians. So that's why he was so led to think that, man, Anakin's really something. No, this was uh, definitely one of the better episodes. This is one of the ones that like I absolutely loved. Yeah, it was actually really good. The next episode, we get more to the nitty-gritty. Back to Ahsoka Tano, and you see her, and on the screen, this character, you know, she is absolutely, the actor, actress they got to play Ahsoka Tano looks amazing. They in, nailed in, it. In the paint. Every bit about it, I mean, the way she was flowing with the, with the sabers. I loved her lightsabers. A little bit different from the uh, ones in the Clone Wars episodes, but it was so cool. She was I so think the, I think the lightsabers, how they were like kind of just, you know, white, I think that derived from Rebels, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think so. I think that came from Rebels, and, you know, because the Clone Wars, I think she, she maybe lost one or two of them, and actually... Uh, Darth Vader picks one up. Oh, see, the that's the thing. The I haven't got to finish uh, season seven oh of the Clone gosh. Wars. Season seven of the Clone Wars. First few episodes, yeah, they're kind of like filler stuff. But if you want to start with a great, great story, season seven, episode eight, really gets you going. And it is basically, you remember episode three? Revenge yeah. Of the Sith? While that is going on, you have this other perspective that is happening through Ahsoka and Darth Maul. So you're getting a lot of great stuff there. I did yeah, check that yeah. one out. Man, dude, like this episode with Ahsoka in it is by far my favorite episode in season two because like not only does it give like the feel of a Western, but also a feel of like kind of a samurai movie as well. She has a fight with another character with like a bow staff. I think it's kind of like that. It's like made out of. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, she's got yeah the best car still. Yeah, okay. yeah, dude. Because like you have you have like the samurai feel fight with Ahsoka and the lady, and then you have the western whenever it comes to Mando. And I can't remember who he was doing, but it was kind of like a western uh, standoff duel with. Oh, guns and stuff yeah, man. yeah that, that that's true man the the draw the quick draw method yeah so in this episode you see like the first fight scene with ahsoka and mando for a little bit and that was that was awesome okay and then yeah they settle, yeah they, they settle down and cool it and then that's how we get the revelation you know hey this baby's name or, or this child that you're carrying around and had for so long is grogu you know did that by yep. force okay there we go and then later on they have to infiltrate into the city and they've made it on the planet Corvus. And that's when you see that that Western moment with uh, Mando and, and whoever else. And then you see Ahsoka really getting in there. And she's confronting this this leader here. Uh, they, they say it's Morgan Elsbeth is, is the name here. And she's got some guards there. And she's basically asking and trying to confront about Grand Admiral Thrawn. And yeah, I have no clue who Grand Admiral Thrawn is. I think there's a bigger story there. I'm not sure there is. if if it's going to come about or it's something like we've seen in the Clone Wars that we you know we don't know. 
I know that they're going to expand on it in the uh, Ahsoka, her own spinoff show. Oh, she needs one, oh. for sure. Well, they already confirmed it. I didn't know that. I mean, that's, that makes me really excited. But the main thing is, Mando's thinking, oh my gosh, can't you just train this kid? Like, I got you here. You're the Jedi, right? <laughs> and if you really know, Ahsoka's not really a Jedi anymore. Mm-mm, no. Nope. She really moved away from that during the Clone Wars towards the last season there, or, or like season six. You know, there's too many things going on that she didn't feel comfortable with. And she moved away from the Jedi Council. And she was she's really rogue. I mean, she's really yeah. rogue. And that's one thing I really like about her. You know, that's probably a good hint as to why her lightsabers are, are white, because she is a blank canvas. We we don't know what she will do. That yeah, that's actually that's probably why her lightsabers are white, actually. That's a good point. Cause like, you know, you're you're looking at the person that trained you, you know, to be a Jedi and he becomes one of the most evil Siths of all time. And you're like, well, I don't want to do any of this anymore, so I'm just going to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But the main thing is Mando gets the Beskar spear, and that's absolutely yep. awesome. I mean, that is so neat. He just keeps getting these things in the back. You know, he's got an arsenal of things, and you're thinking, man, this guy is just absolutely awesome. But like he, the, the crazy part is that he don't really – like, he don't really care much about that stuff. You know, he just gets it. Like, he's just focused on uh, on the mission. And they just, he just ends up getting that stuff, you know, in the process. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I could, I could <laughs> probably use this. I mean, it's just only made out of pure Beskar. And, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, you know, Lucasfilm has always had great sound effects. Did you hear the sound of the lightsaber hitting the Beskar spear? Oh, my gosh, dude. It was so good. It was so good. So good. Absolutely. You're like, man, that is the coolest sound ever. I, I thought lightsabers, you're know, whooshing around and hitting each other was a cool sound. And then you're like, they're just adding to the little things that we like as fans. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode, chapter 14, the tragedy. This is such a big episode. This is, I don't know if this is the biggest episode. I know you like the Ahsoka episode and I do too, but I don't know. It's this one. Is, is probably the biggest episode for me. And this is the one where right. we see the reveal that Boba Fett, he is revealed and he is seen with the other character, Phoenix Shand, which is uh, yeah. the lady that was stuck on Tatooine, left for dead, basically. Yep. And he's the one that rescued her. And this takes place at the uh, on, on Tython, the planet Tython, where it's this old ancient temple and... Ahsoka told Mandos to go there and place Grogu on the center of the temple right there on top of the mountain and see what happens. And, of course, the coolest thing happens. <laughs> you know, this, this <laughs> fourth thing happens, and, you know, the kid becomes in some type of trance and is levitating. And Yeah, he's basically, like, signaling out to a Jedi yeah, at that moment. It's crazy. You know, the, the Force is, you know, calling him, and he's, you know, responding back in his own way. But the funny thing is, is that you have all these troopers that are now landing. You know, a big destroyer comes in and you have these troopers coming down because he was tracked there to that planet. And then who bails him out? Who bails him out? It's Boba Fett. Boba Fett bails him out. Oh, my gosh, dude. And Boba Fett, such an incredible entrance for, for Boba Fett. I mean, dude's just going through, ripping through stormtroopers, man, like it's nothing. Literally smashes one in with a stick. Yeah, that stick. I mean, that, 
that is a cool bit. That is a cool bit. Uh, there is a uh, behind the scene part to that. The actor Tamara Morrison. This guy's from New Zealand. Okay. Oh. In New Zealand or part of his culture, they do the haka. You know the the, yeah. the big dance and part of that fighting style that he was doing on that scene he's doing this move of twists and turns and and things that simulate uh simulate the the dance that he's doing oh i love that i didn't know that stick is is something that's also uh in accordance to to the culture and so when he hits that stormtrooper and knocks that stormtrooper out with that giant stick that was hilarious that was awesome (laughs) oh it was just bad i mean I like the fact that they kind of changed up the way his armor looks. You know, yeah. he, he eventually he gets the armor and everything, and it changed the way it looks. You know, he's wearing the chest piece, he's wearing the helmet, you know, the gauntlets and stuff. But if you look at it, he's kind of got a little bit of a robe going on. Yeah, yeah. But that episode um, is absolutely awesome with him yeah. coming in. And he, he saved Mando so much in that. And they have that discussion <laughs> about, listen, that armor belongs to me. Yeah, and then uh, Mando was like, no, it doesn't. He's like, yeah, it does. He's <laughs> like, so, yeah, check this out. He's like, my dad was Django Fett. And you look at the crest here and the tap on the armor, and boom, all this information comes up. This is, I'm a rightful heir to that armor. That That's it. And it's my father's armor. And they kind of get a little, you know, little fight over that. And they kind of pause, and, you know, he gets it. Yeah, you know, something. Uh, something I think – is detail that they didn't um, really say or confirm, but like you know how like the paints kind of wore off on his armor. Yeah, I think that that was from whenever he was swallowed by the Sorlak, the dragon came and ate the Sorlak, and where we seen in the first episode, the acid that burns things doesn't burn the armor that Mandalorians have, like the outfits. So I think that whenever the Sorlac, whenever the Sorlac was digested, the acid burnt everything up except Boba Fett, and then he was able to escape. That That's my theory on it. I mean, and it yeah, burnt some know, of the armor is, like, is tough. Absolutely. Not only that, but, like, they give so much detail, like, how Han hit the back of the jetpack, which inevitably, you know, killed, quote-unquote, Boba Fett at first. You can see on that jetpack that it's sewn back together, or welded back together, which is amazing detail that I did not think that they would add. You know, one thing I really liked is they still use the jetpack and the daggone missile from it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whenever he puts his, his vision down and he destroys that ship, I mean, you knew this is Boba. Boba's back. I mean, yeah. all the, all the butt two ships in one on the stormtroopers, all of his entrance. And he just said, okay, this is it. It's so good, dude. So good. And then all while all that's going on, you know, Grogu's trying to contact a Jedi yeah. or whatever is going down. I don't I'm not fully sure, but I think he's trying to contact the Jedi. And the craziest thing is the guy that's directing this episode. I had fun watching this. The guy that's directing the episode is Robert Rodriguez. And if you've not noticed, Almost anybody and everybody that's on this big creative team, they absolutely love Star Wars. They grew up with Star Wars. I mean, they had action figures. They had all this stuff, and they absolutely love their job. Well, who yeah. Won, right? But Robert exactly. Rodriguez is, you know, the director of this episode, bringing responsible of bringing back Boba Fett in such a way <laughs> that is so iconic. And, like, man, Boba Fett is back. And he had such a weight on his shoulders, like, 
I want to do this right. I mean, if I want, it's a it's bring, big responsibility. Yeah. I mean, you you have a character that's been loved, you know, since that dude was a child, you know, and it's like, oh, it's my job to bring this character to life again and do it a correct way that everybody will respect. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot. That's exactly how he felt. And that's when I when I watched this, and he said he went home, and I got my two kids out in the backyard, and one of them had a Stormtrooper helmet on, and one of them had a, a Boba Fett helmet on. And then we went out in the backyard, and I was filming them, the little things here and there, <laughs> and that he even had action figures of how it would look if they got punched or floated off or uh, blown up. And he brought that clip to the set. And he's like, okay, here's what I'm picturing. I have to have a visual. So here's what I'm picturing for this scene. And John Favreau and and Dave Filoni, they're just sitting like, oh, my gosh, are those Stormtrooper, like, toys, action figures? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, yeah. I said, I didn't have anything else. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest scene I've ever seen. This is probably the coolest (laughs) scene out of any Star Wars film, anything, because this guy is going all out. And his inner child is coming out. And it's one of the coolest episodes. But that episode was absolutely awesome. Yeah. You know, they agreed to go ahead and help Grogu you know, move on and, and do things, trying to get him in touch with the Jedi. And, of course, the ship that Mando had is totally blown up. And they oh, leave man. on man. one of the most iconic ships, the Slave One, which is Boba Fett's ship. Oh. And you have this ragtag team of two, you know, Boba Fett, Mando, the child, and now uh, the other character uh, associated with uh, Boba Fett. And it's just there on that ship. And that ship is alive again. And it's so cool. Blew my mind whenever I seen that ship pop up. I was like, this is real. This is in in Star Wars again. They're doing it. They're doing it. I mean, (laughs) just happy moments, man. Happy moments. Thank you for coming on the show today. I know we could talk hours and hours and end on this stuff and other things, but it's absolutely great having <laughs> you on the show, talking about Star Wars, the Mandalorian series. A lot of great insight, a lot of perspective, and I really enjoyed it, man. Yeah, man. You know, I enjoyed being here, and uh, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, <laughs> you let me on it. Um, I would love to come back anytime. Absolutely. Taylor will be joining us next week. On Mandalorian Season 2, our comments and reviews. Also, Taylor has some social media that we would like to promote. Taylor, where can we find you? Find Taylor Vlog on Twitch, YouTube. There you have it, guys. That is a conclusion for Episode 1 of Mandalorian Season 2, our comments and reviews. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope that you come back and listen to Part 2 of the episode. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Easy One Comics and more. You can always follow us at Easy One Comics and More Podcast on Spotify. Thank you guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more.